Well, this morning we're going to um, we're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew, where we read this morning to start at least um, in Matthew twenty-one. So, if you want to turn there in your pew Bibles, if I could get there myself, you'll, it's page eight hundred forty-seven. Matthew twenty-one, and I'm not going to reread the whole passage. Um, I'm going to reread part of it in just a moment. But this is, this is Palm Sunday, and uh, we don't have any palm leaves today. Sometimes, you know, we may do that or other churches may do that. But it's called Palm Sunday for a reason, um, particularly during the Passover celebration that was happening at the time of Jesus. They, they celebrated with palm branches, and so because of that, it was, they were readily available. And there was, a, there was an entry that Jesus made, finally coming into Jerusalem. And we read some of the miraculous story behind Jesus coming in on a cult and how he provided for that this morning. What we didn't know is the significance of that, that we don't see in our own culture, that, that he came as, as a peaceful king, not a, not a king on a war horse, but he came... In a, in a peaceful way. It was different. But people celebrated. They cheered. They, they sang a song, which in our assurance of pardon this morning, we read part of, which is based in Psalm 118, that they would sing, celebrating the Messiah. And so I'm going to read through some of these verses again, even though we read through them already. I just want you to listen to the welcome that Jesus received. And I want you to bear in mind that just a few days later in the very city that he was arriving in, he was going to be nailed to a cross to die. Let's listen. Starting in verse 6, it says, The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. They're saying, save us when they shout Hosanna. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. You see, They shouted, they cheered, they sang, they celebrated that the king had arrived. But something that they were about to find out, at least many in the city, perhaps even his own disciples, which it kind of took them a while to kind of learn this afterward, but this is the thing that they would learn is that Jesus is the king that nobody wants. Jesus is the king that nobody wants. Let me explain that a little bit. 
So they thought they wanted him. They thought they wanted Jesus. That's why they were cheering. That's why they were celebrating. They're celebrating because they think he is something else. They think that Jesus is a conquering king who's going to give them political victory over their Roman oppressors. They think that he is going to bring fulfillment to certain Old Testament prophecies, which he will. But they're kind of missing the point. They are looking for a king to give them a physical ruler on a throne to rule like David ruled and to extend that kingdom to to every place that, that is promised to them. They are looking for someone to give them peace, to give them an easy and prosperous life. But that's not the kind of king that Jesus came to be. He is actually coming as a suffering king. And he is going to defeat an enemy. He is going to wage a kind of war. But a kind of war that is unlike anything that the people expected. He was not going to raise a sword. But he was going to raise himself. He came to sacrifice himself. To go on the offensive by submission, even submission to death on a cross. And so you see that the issue here is that the people wanted a king who would defeat the enemy they saw. But the problem was that the people did not recognize the real enemy. They didn't recognize the real enemy. This is a profound thing. Something that that even Jesus' disciples struggled with. Even after he was raised from the dead and he came back and he's like, some of them were like, Jesus, is now the time that we, that we get to, you know, pull out the swords? Is now the time that we get to conquer? No, now is the time you get to sacrifice too. That was the answer later. We still tend to get caught up in the kind of thinking that ultimately led to the rejection of Jesus. We think that our enemies are something that they are not. We think our enemies are political, just like the, the Jews of the day saw their, their enemies as Rome, as their, their oppressing conquerors. And we can get all worked up over, over this law or this politician or whatever, as if those are our enemies. As if that is our mission in this world, but that's not. Or we can think our enemies are, are the others, the outside, those outside the church who are, who are out to get us. Just like the Jews saw the, the, the Gentiles as their enemies, rather than seeing them as their mission. 
They can think that their enemies are each other, fighting between Pharisees and Sadducees, zealots and Hellenists and everybody in between. They had all kinds of factions and and they were looking for a Messiah to, to, to give them direction, to give them victory. Now, none of those are the real enemy, though they can be used by the enemy, though they can be instruments in the hands of the enemy. No, the real enemy is something else. The real enemy is sin. The real enemy is death. The real enemy is who the Bible calls the God of this world, Satan. The real enemy is our own flesh. You see, they were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for a king. They were looking for a kind of savior. In fact, at this time in history, there were plenty of false messiahs raising up. There, were, there was a, what, what, I, what I'd call a messianic fever. People were like, where is he? He's got to come. He's got to come and save us and deliver us from our oppressors. He's got to come and rule us and fill the throne of David. They were looking for someone to come, a king, and give them an earthly kingdom. But what they didn't realize is that their enemy that needed to be defeated was sin and the death that comes by sin. And so they were looking for somebody to deliver them and rescue them from Rome, but they really needed Jesus to come and rescue them from their own lostness. We're here right now on Palm Sunday and and Pastor Bob reminded us this morning that, that this is kind of the start, the entrance into Holy Week. You see, there is something amazing about Holy Week. It's, it's the, the highlight of the Christian year. And for good reason. Because the center of what we believe is that Jesus came and he died And then he rose again, the death purchasing our salvation and rising again in victory, defeating sin and death. But as we head to that season, I want you to to be reminded today why we need it. Because we cannot save ourselves. We have an enemy that needed, to be de- that needed to be defeated. And we, like the people at the time of Jesus entering the city, probably would have celebrated the conquering king who we thought was arriving. But perhaps, as is most likely many in this crowd, were the same people who only shortly later, would be yelling, crucify him, crucify him, because he wasn't what they wanted. Now, this irony of these same people cheering and celebrating the king they were about to kill was not lost on Jesus. 
He knew what he was coming to do. And so I'm going to read from the the same account in Luke 19. It'll be on the screen. You can turn there if you want, but we won't be there a long time. In Luke 19, starting at verse 38, it says, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. You see that he was receiving praise and they're like, Jesus, if this isn't you, rebuke them. Tell them that's not you. But he didn't do it. He says, I tell you, he replied, if they kept quiet, the stones will cry out. But, But catch this next verse. As he approached Jerusalem, And saw the city, he wept over it. See, Jesus wasn't coming in and and receiving all that praise and and thinking, oh yeah, they, they, they get me. They know what I'm here for. They know they need salvation from sin. Now there were there were true disciples among the city. But there were plenty who were not, who were looking for the wrong thing. They were looking for a king to defeat the wrong enemy. And he saw it and he wept over it. And he said, if you, even you had only known on this day, what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. I come to offer you salvation of your soul eternal fellowship with the creator God, with me. But instead, instead you want deliverance from an earthly enemy. And so he wept. Just be honest with you personally, I've wept a lot this week and in the previous several weeks. It's hard when things are sad, when things hurt. Jesus, Jesus was fully man. He wept, he cried over what was about to happen because it was so sad. If you look back in Matthew, but this time in chapter 23, I want to show you this mindset of Jesus that started with him weeping as he entered in to the city. As he ends his public ministry in in chapter 23, all here in the same week, he makes this statement that I'm going to read in a moment. This statement is right after the seven woes to the Pharisees. Some of the, probably the strongest words of Jesus in the New Testament that we have recorded in scripture. And he's pretty hard on them. And I think part of the reason why he was really hard on them is because they were actually supposed to be the ones on the lookout for the Messiah. They were the ones who 
were trusted by the people to say, hey, look, he is the Messiah, follow him. But instead, they said, no, he is not it. And so after giving them the sharpest of rebuke, Jesus says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You see, he was rejected. They weren't saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You see, Jesus is the king that nobody wanted. They thought they wanted him. But when he actually got there, when they actually heard his message, they said, no, not him. He's not the one. He's not the one that comes in the name of the Lord. Crucify him. But you see, even though Jesus is the king that nobody wants, Jesus is the king that everybody needs. It is only by God's grace that we in this room can say that we are his. Because he called you out of sin and darkness and death and called you to life. You see, that is why we're here today. We're not here today because of religious ritual and duty, like the Pharisees would have been. We're not here today to plot how to overthrow the government or get the person into office that we want into office. We're not here to do any of these other things, but what we are here to do is worship God, to acknowledge Jesus as the king that we needed and to thank him in praise and worship for calling us to saving faith. I don't have, I don't have anything more. I'm at the end of my notes. But I want to just encourage you in this. As we face the days and weeks ahead, remember that Jesus is king. Remember that the church is his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And remember that Jesus is our chief shepherd and he cares for the flock. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Without him, we would be still looking to defeat the wrong 
enemy. And so as we head into this week, both Good Friday and Easter coming up, as we celebrate the resurrection, help us remember the depths of our sin and help us to remember that Jesus called us to life by defeating sin and death, being raised victorious. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.